now listening to the Paul McGuire Report. This is Paul McGuire. On today's program, I'm going to uncover some truths and facts for you. And they have been heavily researched, heavily documented. Um, I have done comparison studies. I don't, you know, leap over logic. I try to be as precise as I can because I feel that, you know, we all we all believe that we're here on Earth for different reasons, every one of us, including me. And, and most of us are here on Earth for a whole bunch of reasons. Now, just because the, the dominant, the so-called dominant culture that attempts to rule and reign men's hearts, just because the educational system, the medical system, all the systems and the global corporations and the hive mind and the world brain, just because they swirl around, they pontificate. But if you look at the contents of what they pontificate about, you see conspicuously that a very large percentage of what they would call their narrative or their, their message, the largest percentage of their narrative or their message consists of either outright lies half-truths, distortions of the truth, or, as is often the case, with increasing frequency, especially over the last number of years and decades, with ever-increasing frequency, we see that the, the collective narrative, the, the sound by which the, the drums beat in unison to play a particular song or a refrain, we see that what is coming out of our media, coming out of our institutions, whether it's an educational institution or a medical institution or, or a business sector uh, organization, no matter what sec sector of society it occupies, what we're seeing more and more, in fact, you could actually call it the new normal. Things have become so egregious that you could be very accurate in labeling all these things, these trends, as evidence of the new normal. And so what am I suggesting that the new normal is? In today's America, not in the America I grew up in, and probably a whole lot of you listening, America was not this way when you grew up in it, depending upon your age category. I find that, that, that people who are I don't know, 40 years old, 35 years old, and younger, I find that a large percentage of them believe things to be true that, that I don't believe are true. And, and with running the risk of sounding arrogant or, or pompous, uh, I would also add that many of these people in this age category have, whether they realized it or not, succumbed to being influenced by propaganda, social engineering, brainwashing, mind control, advertising, marketing. In other words, what they're tuned into on a, on a regular basis, what energizes them, they're not tuned into or energized by uh, what used to be called truth or the facts. That's no longer a, a motivating factor. What we see is that individuals by the hundreds of millions of people in America 
consumers of feature films, documentary films, uh, best-selling books, books. Uh, people who don't read books don't count, by the way. And, and notice that it's not just me, Paul McGuire, saying that anymore. I've said that for decades. You listen to my program, how many hours I spent talking about the priority and the importance of reading books, especially at the youngest of ages. I talk endlessly about that because it's so vitally important. And people who don't read books, whether you want to hear this or not, I don't really care if you want to hear it. The Paul McGuire Report and what I do in the Paul McGuire Report is not about me modifying who I am and what I believe in order to artificially expand the numbers of people that are listening or watching. That's, that's not what this is about. This is about telling the truth for a particular reason. I want to tell the truth as effectively and strategically as possible because communicating the truth to the culture, to individuals we know and people we love and care about, communicating the truth is the fastest and most powerful way there is for for unleashing the supernatural power of God on our society, America. It's the most powerful spiritual weapon in terms of uh, beseeching the Lord in, in intercessory prayer and asking him to pour out his Holy Spirit upon America and, and church and Christians, asking God to pour out his Holy Spirit based on his divine favor, not based on what we deserve. Because we know what we deserve. We don't want that. We want uh, unmerited favor, unearned favor. So. The, the final analysis here is that in increasing numbers, decade after decade, there is a, a, a crescendo of, of people who are atheists, agnostics, liberals, conservatives. They're from all spheres of life. Many of them are parents, and they are all crying out for a collective return uh, by our society to, to basic principles that once made it great, such as developing your brain in terms of reading and writing, and how much more powerful an individual you can become, how many more options are available to you if you would simply discipline yourself to read books or paragraphs or sentences from books or, or written material that's of some good quality, by, by disciplining yourself to regularly read and process what you read. And, and learn. By doing that, you are actually facilitating the massive growth of whatever genetic intelligence traits you may have been born with. Your intelligence, your ability to think, perceive, analyze, process, uh, use your intellect, all of those things quantumly accelerate and quantumly expand. Bottom line is, you become vastly more intelligent, you become vastly more powerful when you are an individual who reads, who writes, who analyzes, who thinks, and then reads more. The very process of reading, seeing, saying out loud what you've read, the whole process of, re of reading multiplies all the interior components of your brain. Uh, so that they can achieve their maximum 
output. So let me give you some examples. When you are a reader, you grow your mind, you challenge your mind to, to step it up. When you are a reader, you automatically, by thinking and reading and, and repeating out loud what you've read, when you do that, the process of reading, you are creating millions of new uh, neurological pathways or neurological highways in your brain, your heart, heart and your mind and consciousness. In other words, every time you read a sentence, repeat the sentence, think about the sentence, the more you read, the more you are fueling up your brain neurologically, you're, you're releasing the powerful growth and intelligence biochemicals, and you're creating millions of new neurological pathways, which increase your brain power. And the bottom line to that is you are automatically becoming smarter and smarter and smarter. So what this does in the real world, what this will do in your life, guaranteed, what this will do in your life, if you will become a reader by choice, what this will do in your life is it will exponentially supercharge your intelligence. It will make you much smarter and quicker. Your, your thinking is far clearer. And that's a very powerful transformation because as you know, as a parent, perhaps, or a grandparent, as you know, as a participant in society, our society, every month and year that goes by, is becoming increasingly more and more competitive, uh, uh, more competition than ever. Uh, people are competing for jobs, and you would be surprised. Maybe you wouldn't be surprised. I was surprised. In, in many of the businesses I have been in, which which describes a, a wide range of different categories of businesses, many of the media businesses, I had, for one reason or another, numerous times, I had the opportunity to be in uh, job interview uh, environments where where we would interview somebody who wanted to to be hired or work on the Paul McGuire show or whatever. This is in the days when, when we were hiring people. And uh, it stunned me as I observed people from all different racial, ethnic groups, um, different age categories, et cetera, et cetera. What I observed is that when I saw people come in doing the job interviews, wanting a job, putting the best foot forwards, I noticed that the new norm was now the average person, even though they may have four years of college, they may have a master's degree, they may have had great jobs on their resume, but the bottom line is most of them couldn't construct a sentence grammatically. Most of them had a minimal, if that, knowledge of history, American history or political history. They basically had a zero amount of knowledge in that area. Uh, they. They were very weak and poor in their verbal communication skills, their ability to speak linguistically and, and uh, uh, cause things to happen and analyze, etc. They were very weak linguistically. They were extremely weak when it came to reading something, uh, understanding what you have uh, read, and then uh, explaining back what you've read and its relevance, uh, explaining it back uh, to a teacher or the tester or whatever. 
in all of those subject areas, especially reading comprehension and related subject matters across the board, I was shocked, and I had conversations with people in different age categories. I was shocked to see how many people in America, especially, have been tragically dumbed down, and so their their reading ability, their uh, ability to understand what they have read, their their communication and language abilities, uh, all of these abilities and related abilities, they were way way below. Uh, the minimal standards in, in my childhood and probably your childhood. I mean, it was embarrassing. Now, they, did, they were unaware of how deficient they were. They were completely unaware because they were comparing themselves to uh, their friends and, and fellow students in the same age category. So when they compared themselves with other people kind of like themselves in terms of age category, they perceive themselves as as doing uh, minimum at minimum good to very good to to excellent. That's what they perceive themselves based on their comparison with other people. But when you compared their abilities in language and reading, etc., with the abilities that the normal average student had, you know, twenty, thirty, forty years ago, uh, they they would have been, to put it bluntly bankrupt in the area of reading, reading comprehension, uh, writing paragraphs and sentences, reading and writing and language and books and verbal communication and written communication, all of that they would have failed in horribly. So in actuality, as the decades have gone by, and this is confirmed, by the way, this is not just my opinion, this is the consensus and the opinion of just about the majority of honest educators, honest teachers, and, and honest uh, curriculum uh, proponents. What they have concluded, and this is in comparison with America and other nations around the world, what they have com- concluded is that America spends more money on its educational system than any other nation on planet Earth. And yet, now listen to this, yet America has the lowest educational and learning scores of any nation in the world. Now think about that. America is the most powerful nation on planet Earth. It has the most resources, etc., etc. Yet, when tested, American students, in contrast with uh, students in countries all over the world, American students routinely scored lower than students in any other nation. In other words, America's educational and learning skills has been so bad that it's the lowest in the world. That's shocking. And you'll see that in category after category when it comes to education. America spends the most. America, America is unique, as far as I know in terms of the United Nations with its, both its Common Core program, Julian Huxley, uh, America and the United Nations in terms of its comprehensive, what they call comprehensive sexual education. That's mandatory in, in most schools across America. In the areas where parents uh, demanded that the school board uh, um, clean up the curriculum and and move it out of the area of 
hardcore obscenity. Uh, those are the exceptions where the, where the tests showed that students were learning. But in America currently, the, I think it's the majority of schools, it's a huge percentage. The majority of schools in America are abiding by the, the, uh, set, the new sex education curriculum. Okay? And this is, this is a uh, social engineering project. Its, it's root uh, ulterior motive has nothing to do with wanting to teach students uh, responsible, mature sexuality, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That, that's nothing to do with it. This is about the primary hidden agenda behind the sex educational programs is the sex educational programs are designed to indoctrinate, brainwash, um, propagandize, market, persuade, socially engineer millions and millions of young children beginning in first grade and then continuing on in second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and so on and so on. But, it, but, but beginning in the earliest grades, we're talking about first grade, beginning in first grade, second grade, third grade. When you hear, see, I, I cannot tell you verbally. I mean, I could legally if I wanted to. I could tell you verbally uh, on the Paul McGuire report right now. I could tell you verbally the highly, highly quadruple X-rated, highly explicit, highly pornographic uh, sexual education courses, curriculum, photographs, videos, uh, in-classroom demonstrations from sex educators, and so on and so forth. And um, I would have people saying, we'll never listen to your ministry again, and they'd be furious and angry at me, and, and they would feel like I betrayed them. If I was to simply tell you now, and tell them now, if I was to simply tell you now exactly what beginning in first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, and so on and so forth. If I was to tell you what the actual content was, what your children are looking at, what is being, what they're reading, the storylines of what they're reading, the messages in the storylines, the highly, highly explicit uh, uh, sexual activities that that are so far out there, it, it staggers the mind, and yet it's being taught as if it was the new normal in sex. And these are highly aggressive, highly uh, uh, sexual, and highly uh, promotion-oriented in terms of psychologically motivating students at the youngest ages possible to motivate students at the youngest age possible and to... And to uh, prep them and gear them up to, to be sexually active in every potential area, no matter how extreme and no matter how out there a sexual practice or a sexual activity may be, no matter how much criticism and scorn and mockery may be attended to certain sexual activities, um, your children are going to get inundated and indoctrinated with it, even if doctors and psychiatrists and secular experts are, are shouting from the housetops that this is dangerous, irresponsible, and wrong. So even if the atheists and the psychologists, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, are, are denouncing what your child is learning, um, 
They're the powers that be. And by that I mean we always have two, at least two sets of power in America. We have the external perceived power, which is the illusion that people see regarding power. And people believe that it's the illusion of power or the illusion of this individual or this super wealthy family or the illusion of something like the educational system or the United Nations or whatever it happens to be. And yet, uh, your children, usually without the parents knowing it, I cannot tell you how often I've talked to parents, how, how often I've talked to Christian, well-meaning Christian uh, teachers who, who teach in public school but try to shine the light of Christ in the public school. I can't tell you how many times I've met dedicated, intelligent, sharp Christian teachers, dedicated, intelligent, sharp um, Christian uh, uh, professionals and Christian mothers and homeschooling mothers, et cetera, et cetera, who are doing everything in their power in, in an attempt to, to not violate God's biblical directives in the area of sexuality. So. Um, the students at the youngest of ages, and they can remember they have now because they have they all have cell phones, so they can press a button on their cell phone and they can they can look up a, a legitimate Christian ministry website, and all they have to do is press a button on their cell phone, and they will be taken immediately to a triple X rated video of some kind of outrageous and perverse sexual activity, and they can watch it. Uh, hear it uh, anywhere they go at any time, privately, on the bus of the school, wherever. And with the click of a mouse, they can be taken to the video, the, the, the X-rated video, and the X-rated video activities or pictures or whatever. Uh, it's just like your kid is teleported into, I, I know this is gross, but I'm trying to make a point. It's just like your kid is, has been teleported into the bedroom of, uh, of uh, the most promiscuous porn star there is, and, and, and then introduced physically and mentally and psychologically into all the activities or the tricks of the trade, and I'll stop there. Okay? So this is creating massive psychological upheaval, massive psychological damage to our children, to our teens, to our preteens. This, this is directly connected to this so-called spontaneous, uh, spontaneous eruption of people that supposedly, out of the thin blue sky, have decided that they want to get a sex change operation that your tax dollars will pay for. And so it's creating... What it is, you have, most of you who listen to the Paul McGuire Report, you read, you think, you question, and you're up to speed. You know what I'm talking about, because when you attempt to talk to your friends, some of which don't listen to the Paul McGuire Report, when you talk to those friends that are disconnected, that, that aren't feeding on the truth, or going to some evangelical cult-like church where they make-believe, everything's just fine and dandy when it's not. So you want to, to be careful, and you want to analyze and think for yourself. And 
you really should assume. I mean, you don't talk about it loudly, uh, but you should assume that even if teachers and your kid and your kid is, I'm not saying your kid is lying to you. I'm suggesting to you that, that most likely your kid, boy or girl, is absolutely convinced that they have not been exposed to this sex education pictures and videos and curriculum. So, so I don't believe they're lying to you. I believe that the way they have been introduced to this program of sex education, the X-rated materials that they viewed, the way it was presented to them, they used social engineering techniques like NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, salespeople and politicians use that. And so by using these psychological uh, methodologies, you can transmit the contents of the sex education courses. You can you can transfer the pictures, the videos, the, 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 the explicit content. Your child can be seriously exposed to very objectionable stuff, and yet the the cognitive dissonance type answer you may get is that your kid is going to say, "Well, no, we no, our our classroom voted against it," and they're going to look at you in the eye and they're not lying to you. They're not lying to you. They're unaware of the sophisticated methodology involved in terms of just how slickly the sex education program was presented to your kids. It was presented to your kids with such a with, with such a, a poker player like skill that um, your child was almost hypnotized, if you will, almost hypnotized into thinking that they'd never were exposed to the stuff when in actuality they were exposed to it. Now I don't have time have time right now to explain how that contradiction could be. And I know some of you, if you're new to the Paul McGuire report, you probably think I'm lying. I'm not lying. Okay, I can assure you. But remember, a lot of the people listening to this program have been listening for more than ten years or more. And there are people like me and others who study and read and have been discussing these things and have been learning about these things for decades. So we were intellectually and spiritually prepared for what is happening now. And so this is not meant in any sense uh, to be arrogance or, or something like that. It's simply that we have paid attention to our skills of perception to a higher degree, and, and therefore our awareness and perception is far more acute than, than ordinary people. And that I will say, because again, I've talked to so many parents and educators and teachers and students, and over and over again they told me, Paul, absolutely, I know for a fact that my kid's school is not teaching this sex education. And, and you know, I'm not saying I could be wrong in some places. I'm not saying that. It couldn't be a possibility. But what I am saying is, my reply to them is always the same. I said, most likely, your school has used and has presented this sex educational curriculum uh, to your students. It's just that you were unaware of it because you were, you were expecting it to be sold and promoted and offered in, in a way that fit into your expectations. But they, they were far more subtle and far more sophisticated, and they presented it to your children in a way 
that that would not be easily recognized unless you were trained in looking how to and, and looking for the clues that would prove it. So, what happens when kids go through this? They're they're exposed to. I can't. I'm not even going to go there to what they're exposed to. It's off the charts. So now they're they're permanently psychologically uh, uh, impacted with stuff that literally has the capacity intentionally to reprogram the student, boy or girl's brain, the, the sex ed material. And this is, look at who developed the material. The dark, gene, evil spirit geniuses of our world. You know, Aldous Huxley, I talk about him constantly, author of Brave New World. He had a massive impact on my life. Author of Brave New World, Aldous Huxley. Aldous Huxley basically created the sex, drugs, rock and roll, LSD, mescaline, counterculture. <clears throat> Aldous Huxley was the author of Brave New World and the whole concept of the scientific dictatorship. And his brother's name was Julian Huxley, the father of transhumanism, the first signer on the Humanist Manifesto. And uh, Julian Huxley uh, uh, helped create UNESCO and the whole global educational system involving the UN and students, and Julian Huxley helped create the global sex education programs that would social, socially engineer sex ed to students beginning in first grade. And this stuff would be super explicit, quadruple X-rated, highly offensive by anybody's standards. And so, here, and, and this is the outcome of this. The outcome of this is continuing desensitization by students towards highly explicit sexual material in the form of videos, pictures, books, discussions, plays, hands, yes, hands-on exercises in certain activities. I mean, really. Now, then you, you compare the outcome of the students and their educational development and then you find out once again that the United States of America has probably the lowest educational scores of any nation in the world, yet it somehow finds the time and the money to indoctrinate and promote uh, the, the weirdest upside-down sex ed courses imaginable, where, where the emphasis and the goal is, is to try to get male and female students at the youngest age as possible. Uh, at the youngest age as possible, to self-discover self -discover whether or not that they're secretly a female inside their male body, or they're secretly a male inside their female body. And if that is the case, then the school system will not only pay for the surgery, the school system will pay for the, uh, the, the sex change operation. So your tax dollars, I'm not exaggerating, your tax dollars will be used to pay for, uh, I'm going to count to 10 because I have to say about three minutes of objectionable material. Okay, I apologize. So I'm going to count to 10. That's your heads up and warning. And then I'm going to talk for about two or three minutes, and then we'll come back and we'll keep it at a respectable level. Okay, so let's start the counting to 10. One, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, so this is the objectionable content, just some of it. 
So they, I have seen pictures where where um, women and men. In this case, it was a woman, somewhat attractive woman, the kind of woman that other younger female students might look up towards as a role model, and she stood before the classroom and demonstrated. She had her clothes on, but she demonstrated uh, a variety of ways and techniques that both female and male students could use in masturbation. So during classroom time, this sex educator is teaching the physical how-tos, how to masturbate, uh, and, and then demonstrates how to do this. Okay, so first of all, this is not appropriate classroom curriculum. I don't care whether they're saying it is or isn't. They have no valid perspective. Uh, when your school systems are producing the lowest level of, of students who have the lowest level of educational development in the world, America right now, we have the lowest performing students in any nation on planet Earth. That's how bad our educational system is. So given that truth and given the truth that we're losing jobs to nations all over the world, which is true. Now, given the other reality that our educational system is, is broke and that we do not turn out students that are educationally qualified for jobs of the future. And so it's a nightmare. So, so we should be in a red alert mode uh, implementing we don't need to take. We don't need to develop or test or conceptualize education any longer. We've been doing that forever. All we have to do in order to get first-class education is go back in time by looking at the the uh, files of what previous generations of students were taught in third grade, first grade, sixth grade, or whatever. Look at the curriculum. Look at how they were taught math and the tests, and the books. Look at the way they were taught history. Take every sim single subject area and examine exactly how they were taught uh, these different areas of education and examine them uh, to determine uh, what it was that enabled the students to, to develop much higher learning, much higher reading rates, much higher uh, uh, understanding of, of test material, because we don't have to reinvent uh, the wheel. Once upon a time in America, American schools, before they went into social engineering factories, American schools shaped and produced very high-quality students that had a very high-quality education. And by the way, that high-quality education, back when students were actually growing instead of shrinking, that high-quality scholastic education included basic moral development and basic moral values. So one of the things we learned is that when our students were growing and becoming smarter and actually learning, one of the ingredients to that process was the fact that among the curriculum that they, that they studied, they also studied the curriculum that would include uh, things like right and wrong, absolute right and an absolute wrong. So morality, right and wrong, uh, uh, 
basic building blocks of human relationships and society. It was taught in the school systems, unlike it is today. So, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We need to literally gut the schools of the, of the deadly viruses, no pun intended, gut the schools of all the deadly viruses of, of specific educational materials, specific educational books, educational learning programs, like educa- sex education programs. Gut the school of all these toxic educational programs that have dumbed down our students and that have caused our students to be the dumbest among students uh, of any nation on earth. Okay, that, that, that's how aggressive we need to be. Because the, the curriculum, the format, the books, the study guides, the entire educational system is a failure and a disaster. So we have to go back and pull out all the weeds that we've planted in our kids' minds and hearts, and then begin with proven curriculum that worked um, decades ago, and to begin, and of course, update it so you so it's relevant. But but keep the content and the methodology, and you would find that students would flourish, students would learn like never before. Take Common Core. Common Core is deliberately and intentionally designed to be a wrecking ball of the mind. And Common Core is designed to confuse the student, intellectually destroy the student, and, and make incapacitate the student in terms of any real learning. Common Core is deliberately designed to produce the opposite of what it pretends to accomplish. Now, in case you think, well, that's too weird, I can't handle it, Let's just look at a fact. And I explain this fact in my books like A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1 and 2, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World. I explain all of this in detail. You can get those books at a big discount right now at paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. So, who was it that created Common Core? Well, you know, it's like Sherlock Holmes. We, We have the clues. We have the evidence of who the criminals are. The brother of of the evil genius Aldous Huxley, who wrote Brave New World, his brother was Julian Huxley, as I said a little while ago. Julian Huxley became the first director and the first head of the United Nations division called UNESCO. UNESCO is the UN division where they teach a global standardized education and they unify all education under things like global warming, uh, global sex education courses. It's an entire indoctrination mechanism developed by the Huxleys to to program students to be good global citizens. And Common Core is a technique, a psychological technique of mental programming, which promises to, to to the parent that we're going to make your kids smarter and the test grades will be higher. But really, all Common Core is, I call it like a, a parrot, like in a bird, a parrot bird, or in a, in a pirate movie, you have parrots. Now, what does a parrot do? You know, the parrot repeats back exactly whatever the parrot heard a human being or a child say. So if you say privately regarding one of your friends, I'm not saying you would, but let's say you said privately, 
in regards to one of your friends. Boy, they sure got ugly in the last decade or so. He or she used to be really handsome or beautiful, but they are sinfully ugly. <laughs> now, I'm not saying you would really talk like this, but people have been known to talk like this. So the parrot is going to repeat exactly what they heard the human being say. So then all of a sudden, the parrot's blabbering away. That friend that you, you said bad things about uh, comes over to visit, and that triggers the parrot to say, Boy, has she become uglier than ever over the last 10 years. Has she become uglier than ever for the last 10 years? So the person that is the one being referred to is being humiliated because that person realizes the reason the parrot is saying those nasty things about them and their ugliness, because the parrot heard the adult say it, and the parrot is simply repeating what he heard the adult say. That's what Common Core is. Common Core is nothing more than this. It's an educational lesson or an educational presentation. It could be uh, a teacher uh, saying it out loud using a computer, uh, uh, a project, uh, uh, reading with the students. So it's, it's a method where you communicate to the students the curriculum or the content that you're trying to teach, word by word, lesson by lesson. So, for example, Part of it might say, well, the American Revolution uh, was finished in 1776. Okay, so you told that to the student. So when test day comes, Common Core test day comes, it is the student's job to repeat to the teacher, even if it's a repetition that's being done in an unthinking manner. The student is simply regurgitating what he or she has been taught to say on any given subject matter. And so what Common Core is, is the teacher feeds into the student certain material and answers. In order for that student to have high grades uh, to graduate, the, the, the student must learn how to memorize and repeat back as accurately as possible, word for word, whatever it is that the teacher was communicating to the students. Now, if you do it, if you if you're faithful and you and you memorize what your teacher told you to say, and then you repeat it back word for word to the teacher when she asks you or he asks you, your grade is going to be higher and higher. It's all about a simplification. Common Core. Common Core is the core teachings. Common Core is not about educating. Common Core is not about true learning. Common Core is not about becoming more intelligent or perceptive. Common Core is not about becoming a, a better reader and speaker. Common Core doesn't set about to produce excellence or quality in any area that it touches upon. Common Core is nothing more than like a hypnotic regurgitation process where the student mindlessly repeats back whatever it was that was spoon-fed into their brain. That's Common Core. It's like a computer, GIGO. The old computer expression was GIGO, G-I-G-O, garbage in, garbage out. Same with Common Core. So Common Core, it's not an accident that the UN, the globalists, the most powerful and wealthiest families in the world who rule the world like kings and queens, the 1% who rule and reign over planet Earth, it's not an accident that they're for Common Core because Common Core has a secondary effect of making your kids more dumbed down, 
more socially engineered and more brain dead. And Common Core is, is a mechanism of brainwashing and control and a form of hypnosis where you make the students compliant, non-thinking, and they just repeat as if they were brainwashed. They just repeat whatever they have been programmed to repeat, like, like you look at them and it's like you're looking at a bunch of zombies, except that tragically they're not zombies. Wake up and smell the coffee. Honey, they shrunk the kids. You're looking at your kids sitting with other kids with a zombie-like look in their eyes. And they have the zombie-like look in their eyes because they have memorized a whole bunch of lies and they're simply repeating the lies back to the teacher or the test to get high grades. So they will say to their college professor or teacher or whatever, scientists overwhelmingly concur that due to pollution and and man-made technologies, uh, the world is getting hotter and hotter. So climate change is a fact. The world is getting hotter and hotter. And you can take any subject and just brainwash the kids into believing it. All right, so this is now... We're, we're, we're right here in the most foundational platform to acquire knowledge and wisdom and power. Remember, knowledge equals power. If you don't have knowledge, you don't have power. If Christians in America have not been as influential as they should have been. They have not been able to change society. They've not been able to bring in the last day's soul harvest, etc., etc. Christians have been relatively impotent in doing what Christ called us to do because they have uh, they have not prioritized the areas that God prioritizes. And so knowledge is power. That means scientific knowledge, technological knowledge, psychological knowledge, historical knowledge, applicable knowledge about cultures and societies and economics and and what creates national prosperity or or, or family prosperity, all the nuts and bolts of, of what makes things work and why comes to you through study, through learning, through the acquisition of knowledge. And when you gain knowledge, then power is automatically conferred upon you. Notice that many of the movers and shakers in our society, and by movers and shakers, I'm not talking about you know, all the drug-addicted bums uh, that are in the entertainment business, you know, rock and roll, uh, hip hop, uh, rap. You know, there's a lot of drug, gangster, rock and roll, hip hop, rap genres, okay? Where people are stoned out of their mind, they, they spend a lot of their time in jail, they're doing coke and everything else, and meth, and uh, they're high as a kite. But that kind of business, because it's entertainment, and it's drugs, sex, and rock and roll. That kind of business um, works well for music, musical industries that, that promote and make the profit off the deterioration and the wrecking ball of your kids. So the more, you know, white kids, and this is not, this is not a racial statement because I'm applying this truth to both African-American kids, white kids, Hispanic kids. Asian kids, all kids from any kind of different ethnic group or whatever, they face the same experience. Now, isn't it an irony? Once upon a time in America, people wanted to work hard and, and gain power, 
have the American dream, a house, a picket fence, go to church, worship the Lord, be used by God. That was the, the ideal goal. Then America began to elevate or worship immorality, Satanism, mysticism, drugs, sex, rock and roll, and America became a negative trend society. And uh, because of that, adults and teenagers and college kids and people of all ages, in, in their inner, inner selves, a great emptiness, a great vacuum emerged, a great hollowness emerged in the interior spaces or the souls of millions and millions of young boys and young girls in America. They became, by default, soulless, because the educational systems, the entertainment industries, the music industries, and all the institutions in America ended up disparaging, ridiculing, mocking uh, real knowledge, real wisdom, real guidance. Uh, they began to disparage those things, and in, in, a, in, a, in a strange perversity, at the same time that they began to, 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 to disparage real knowledge, they, they began to elevate and worship and, pr- and place an excessively high value on stupidity, immorality, sexual immorality, drugs, promiscuity, uh, uh, boasting and, and having no knowledge or understanding of what happened to us in the recent past in terms of history and knowledge is power, et cetera, et cetera. So we have created, we have produced exactly the, the scientific mind control environment. We have produced the exact scientific mind control environment that Aldous Huxley, Sir Aldous Huxley, planned for us to, it was his plan, along with H.G. Wells, the science fiction writer, and other British uh, spiritualists and intellectuals. It was their goal from the very beginning to create a godless new world order. It was their goal to create a new world order, new age, psychedelic society of people that they could easily transform into being their slaves. So, so Huxley and his super trillionaire families, the, the globalist elite, they, they secretly conspired. Now, this is true. I, I, I have documentation for you in my books. Power from on high. The greatest battle for the hearts and minds of mankind in the history of the world. And my other books available to you right now at a big discount. So I can prove what I'm asserting. I'm not just here talking to you, making outrageous claims and outrageous statements. If that's all this was about, then... People wouldn't be talking about it all over the world. They're talking about it all over the world because guess what? In the last year or two, because of the coronavirus, because of social isolation, because of all the catastrophic events that have rocked our society, many people are writing me or I meet or or contact or communicate to me in many different ways. And they're all saying the same thing. Paul, we've been listening to you for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. That's what they say all the time, all the time now, especially in the last two years. We've been listening to you for decades. Everything, Paul, that you warned us about has come true in the exact detail that you said it would come true. And then, thankfully, they'll say something. Keep up the good work, Paul. We're praying for you. Keep telling the truth. 
the people need to hear it. So that's the feedback I'm getting. And the feedback is that I taught from the Bible and exhaustive study of history and science and technology and psychology. I taught year after year in major universities and seminaries as a professor of eschatology, professor of Bible prophecy, um, under Dr. Jack Hayford, founder of the King's College and Seminary. I taught Bible prophecy, but I made it relevant by, by connecting it to psychology, the New Age, the Bible, Bible prophecy, etc., etc. So yes, everything that I warned about came true, because sadly to say, there were, where there is today a disturbingly high number of Christian leaders, so-called pastors, the, the denominational bureaucrats, many people in Christian leadership, who who are committed to burying their head in the sand. They're committed to uh, pretending that all the things that I'm saying are true. They're committed to denying that they're true, and 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 my name, which does come up fairly often, considering the fact that I don't really associate with a lot of these people. My name continually comes up, and, and people are, would attempt initially to say, well, isn't he a conspiracy theorist, speaking of Paul McGuire? And they can't say that any longer, especially in the last two years. They can't say that. They can't say, they can't dismiss me with the snide comment, oh, Paul McGuire, isn't he a conspiracy theorist? They can't, they can't dismiss me with that anti-intellectual, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm going to put on, I'm going to fake it real good. Back. They don't know what they're talking about. And item for item, as we go down the list, what I have communicated to people on radio and TV and books and conferences and church meetings, et cetera, et cetera, it has come true in, in precise detail, in graphic detail. It has come true. Everything from electromagnetic frequencies to uh, directed energy beam weapons to scientific mind control, and we could go down the list. Why was I so accurate? Not because I'm smarter than anybody else. That information was available to all those pastors and all those Christian ministry leaders and all those Christians, just like it was available to me. The only difference between me and them is I chose to actually pick up the books, the credible books. I actually chose to pick up the credible books and I actually chose to open the credible books and read them that outlined what would soon happen in the history of the world and what would soon happen in the history of America. Because the world's globalist elite, men like Sir uh, Julian Huxley and men like Sir Aldous Huxley, author of Brave New World, predicted with predictive programming in precision detail exactly what our future would be like in minutia, the technology, the mindset, the reality of an emerging scientific dictatorship that would employ scientific mind control. When you read Huxley's book, Brave New World, you see how all the middle class and the working class are invisibly and secretly ruled by a secret elite of scientists and technology people and hypnotic people, they are secretly being ruled and controlled in every area of their lives. Now, when I was in third grade, and I read, for the first time in my life, I read in third grade, public school 69, PS 69 in Jackson High Springs, I read Aldous Huxley's book, 
brave new world. And it blew my mind. It was like the, the blinders came off of my eyes. And it wasn't a Christian, quote, vision. It was a, it was a vision of truth. So I'll let you figure out what category to put it in. All I can tell you is I experienced what I recall as a revolution in truth in third grade. When I read in third grade, it was part of our curriculum if we wanted to choose to read those books. I chose to read Brave New World by Aldous Huxley, and I chose to also read the novel 1984 by George Orwell, all about Big Brother. I chose to read those books, and what happened to me after reading Brave New World it was as if the blinders fell off my eyes. And then it was, it was like a spiritual vision, except it was a secular intellectual transformation based on a higher degree exposure to truth. You want to get your kid energized and mobilized and, and, and you know, accomplishing something and being something, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you know, there's a methodology to this. There are simple things you can do. Step one, two, three, four, et cetera, et cetera. Simple steps that you can take that will revolutionize your mind, your intellect, your knowledge, your power, and all facets of your life. And it comes by acquiring knowledge. And if you acquire knowledge, like reading books and studying, you will receive from God an enormous download of power. So the scales fell off my eyes in third grade when I read Brave New World. Because everything, I could see that everything Aldous Huxley was trying to teach us as the readers of the book Brave New World, everything that was happening in American society and New York society at the time when I was in third grade, all of it, all of the things that Huxley warned about, the scientific dictatorship, the intentional and deliberate destruction of family values and the family unit and sexual morality, the emphasis on drugs, sex as, as sociological tools of dictatorial control mechanisms. Huxley was exposing it all in his book, Brave New World. He was shining the light in the darkness. And so what happened to me was an epiphany when I was in third grade reading Brave New World. I was sitting there reading the book intensely, because I was mesmerized by Brave New World, because it was electrifying, because it was knowledgeable and true, and ultimately, Huxley's book, Brave New World, explained to me why this world is the way it is and where it's going quickly. So reading Huxley's book, Brave New World, gave me a revelation as to what the nature of our society was really all about, underneath the mirage, underneath the virtual reality, underneath the the uh, hypnotic realities, underneath the matrix, Huxley shows what our society is really all about, what, what the flow of power in our society is really all about. He, he exposes it all. And so his book gripped my life and, and, and vastly lit a fire under me to pursue truth through facts, intelligence, education, reading, and knowledge. And so I, I did that. And then from there, many years later, after going down many false paths, Eastern mysticism, psychedelic drugs, the New Age movement, counterculture, uh, and many other areas, uh, professional at the highest levels of the, at that time, the mainstream media business, and the reality of a secret 
subversive existence of an actual, it's not a conspiracy theory, it, it just happens to be an actual certifiable fact that uh, there exists a covert scientific dictatorships that controls the masses in America and around the world through sex, drugs, media, and other forms of mass manipulation. Okay, you need to go right now to paulmcguire.us, that's paulmcguire.us, and take advantage of the big discounts off my books right now. You can get them at a quantity discount. Now's the time to get them and read them and, and loan them to people and discuss the books. Uh, I promise you, the same power that came into my life through the acquisition of knowledge will come into your life and in the life of loved ones if you expose them to books and, and articles written by people who think and will analyze for them. It will have the collective effect of enhancing your intellect, your power, and your gifting, which are all preparations for being everything that God wants you to become. So visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. We'll be back in just a moment. This is the Paul McGuire Report. This is the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. So we have this, we live in right smack in the middle of an Orwellian world, Georgia Orwell, big brothers watching you. We live in the middle of um, what Aldous Huxley called a brave new world, a, a world ruled by a scientific dictatorship where people are controlled without their even knowing it. People are on drugs, exposed to electromagnetic frequencies, are subjected to propaganda and social engineering, are genetically engineered from before birth. Um, in the book Brave New World, you see generation after generation being born, and they are born out of not a, a marriage relationship, but they're born out of a laboratory. There is no uh, traditional family unit. There is no husband and wife and family. Those are, those are obsolete concepts. What you have instead is the hyper-promotion of sexual immorality, which is basically what you see in America today. And you don't have a family unit because a family unit is first and foremost a threat, a threat to the totalitarian regime the dictatorship, the police state, the cabal, whatever whatever words you want to use to describe it. And, and that brings us to where we are right now. A person whose mind is working properly, a person whose brain is operational, assuming a person has the right amount of sleep, the right amount of nutrition, the right amount of exercise, assuming a person does some kind of reading and thinking, Assuming that a person uh, is inquisitive, asks questions, and doesn't just simply or blindly absorb orders or propaganda in an unquestioning way. Now, assuming all those safety balances are operational, such as questioning, assuming that those brain operations are functional. I mean, I was looking at, it was weird, I was, it was in the back of a building. And it was early in the morning, and the sun was coming up, and I saw a bunch of birds. No big deal. I see birds all the time. And, but this caught my eye because there was apparently a, a mother bird, apparently, and, and either a father bird or whatever. Anyway, there's a slightly taller bird at the end of the line, 
and a slightly taller bird at the beginning of the line. And I assume they're older or, or older birds or have a parental responsibility. And then in between the two taller birds, there's a row of little baby birds that, that, that were walking in perfect unison. They were perfectly lined up, and they were like almost like little soldiers in the way they walked in absolute precision across the uh, grass. They marched like little soldiers going through the, the grass. And all of that is built into them by their DNA that, of course, the Creator, capital C, created. Okay, let's look at, let's look at this uh, man-made disease, if you can even call it a disease. I'm looking at an article from Global Research uh, written by Timothy Alexander Guzman, September 4th, 2023. On the future of manufactured pandemics, origins of COVID-19, the U.S. military's bioweapons program, global vaccine resistance. Okay, let's go back to the statement, this exercise we're doing together. Assuming your brain is on, assuming your brain is activated, assuming your perception is functional, assuming that you are biochemically capable of doing basic mental processing exercises and activities such as reasoning, logic, processing of thoughts, short-term planning, long-term planning, all of these different things that we all regularly do since early childhood. We should be doing that on an ongoing basis as we become adults. Now, when your development, and this is so critical, especially for those people who really have the audacity to tell people that they're born again, that they're born again Christians. They have the audacity to try to invite people to Jesus Christ as their Savior. Yet in the evidence that they're presenting before people, and when I say the evidence that they're presenting before people, I'm talking about the fact that if you're claiming to be born again, if you're claiming to have the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit living inside of you, et cetera, et cetera. If you're making those claims to somebody, and then you have the intention of segueing into uh, your personal testimony based on logic, reason, and the Word of God, you have the intention of segueing into some kind of statement in which you're attempting to, to basically assure the person that's listening that you're sharp, that you're introspective, that, that you were skeptical about God, too, at first in your life. You know, you go through those maneuvers, so to speak, and then the hope and the expectation is that at some point you can win or earn their trust. In other words, your expectation is that they would uh, view you as somebody who is not mentally lazy, somebody who, who not only has a brain, but somebody who uses their brain. And you're doing all that because you and I both know that that too often in our society, when people encounter people who claim to be born again, who claim to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, too often that turns out to be a disastrous experience for the person who, who is on the receiving end of somebody preaching the gospel. In other words, we can't see each other at the moment, but if we were to raise our hands and ask how many people in the world uh, ended up talking to somebody who claimed to be a Christian, 
and tried to give a logical and ready defense for the faith in Christ. And it was such a disaster, it was such a negative experience that it actually kept you from inquiring about Christ, it kept you from even checking out Christianity for decades. Because for whatever reason, the people that you met who talked to you about Jesus, the people you met were walking car wrecks, they were walking disasters. Now, all of us have experienced that. In fact, I would say that in my life, I I think it would be safe to say that the majority of the people in my life who enter my life, and I end up talking to them about God and my testimony and a rational, logical perspective on the God of the Bible, I, I minister to people in that area. But I would say probably the number one thing the Lord does in that process is that the Lord, I believe, deliberately sends me people who have been wounded by people who have claimed to be Christians, people who have claimed to be born again, people who have claimed to to uh, have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So they, they make these claim, claims, they build up your expectations, but then the reality is what they went through was a nightmare, almost quasi-religious cult experience, where, where they were so burned out from their so-called encounter with Christ that, that, that it actually demotivated them from seriously pursuing Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I would say that's probably the, the number one percentile group of people that God sends into my life or sends in the way of this ministry, Paul McGuire Ministries and Paradise Mountain Church. One of the characteristics of not all, but one of the characteristics of a significant percentage of people who read my books or hear me talk are, in actuality, people <clears throat> who have been seriously wounded or seriously uh, worked over by those who claim, or they claim to be Christians. And so you might rightfully ask me, well, why, why is there such a disparity? Why, why are there so many people having so many bad experiences with people who claim to be Christians? What's the problem, Paul? Well, that, that requires a lengthy answer. I'm not dodging the question. It just requires a lengthy answer. But what I would say is this. Just because a person claims to be born again, and just because a, and, and, and the person may claim to be born again and be an absolute nightmare and horror as a person, we all know that. So the, the critical issue here is, <clears throat> um, God gives each one of us different gifts, abilities, and talents. Because I've gone through all those deeply negative things in my search for for answers, since I experienced so many negative experiences in, quote, Christian environments, because I uh, uh, searched in all areas of the New Age and saw the great white light, experienced cosmic consciousness and out-of-body experiences, etc. Because of that big spectrum of, of, of a spiritual quest, I learned a lot of lessons, good and bad which have equipped me to relate to people who are experiencing similar things. And so I just offer that up uh, to you, because chances are highly likely that in your life, the painful things that you've gone through, the difficult things, the challenging things that you've had to endure, if you don't allow yourself to become bitter, if you don't allow yourself to be discouraged, 
if you don't allow a root of bitterness to spring up in your heart. Assuming that you watch over your spirit like the Bible teaches us to do, and assuming that you're, you're making efforts not to allow a root of bitterness to, to, to grow up in your heart and thus blocks the power of God in your life, making those assumptions first. If you are obeying God and you are coming to God regularly and asking Jesus to cleanse your heart with the blood of Jesus and purify your heart with the blood of Jesus, then there's a high probability that God is going to use you as one of his lights in this spiritually dark world. God would have every intention of wanting to use you to reach others for Jesus Christ, and what makes you of a special value to God is the fact that your experiences are first-hand experiences, and that you have what most people don't have, is you have first-hand experience. You have been where those people are, and they know that, and they, they feel comfortable uh, drawing close to you. All right, then. The other thing that we need to look at is that from, from our lives, we should always look at our lives on a regular basis from the eternal perspective. So from the eternal perspective, we know that God in his sovereignty, which means all knowingness, God chose us before the beginning of time. God chose us before the beginning of time to be here in this physical, real world, to be here for such a time as this. So. God chose us before the beginning of time to be here for such a time as this. And that means he has specific gifts, callings, ministries, methods of communication, effectiveness in communication. All of these things are gifts, and they reside or they abide in our inner man or inner woman. So so if we're trying to win somebody to Jesus Christ and the person apparently has a brilliant intellect and, and fires their brilliant intellect at you in machine gun accuracy. You know, pow, 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 pow. A machine gun is, is firing off, uh, uh, knocking out your enemies. And the reason you can do that is because you, you have purchased and become trained using this high-end machine gun. And thus, as somebody who uses a high-end machine gun, you can be exceptionally effective in spiritual battle. So God takes all of these things into context. Now, on top of that, this is perhaps the biggest struggle we all face, including me. And let me outline to you what this biggest struggle is. All of us are born due to the plan of God. Due to the plan of God, we're born in a particular location to a particular mother and father, et cetera, et cetera. The, the primary challenge is, is that we are born by the divine will of God. God determines our sex before we're born, our talents, abilities before we're born, and then in, in the course of nature, we are born. And God chose us. God knows everything. God can see the end from the beginning, and God chose us before the foundation of the world to be here or to become born here in this time at this very time period. God chose us to be born at this very time period. So, because all of that is true, and it is true, God has given us an enormous amount of talents, abilities, giftings, wisdom. God has given us an enormous amount of talent in terms of physical gifts, 
And God has given us an enormous amount of talent in terms of spiritual gifts. So God has given us both spiritual gifts and physical gifts that anytime we choose, with an act of our will, we can employ these powerful gifts of the Holy Spirit. And they become supernatural aids. They become supernatural add-ons. They become supernatural features that we are free to use, given to us by God. We can draw upon these supernatural resources and gifts anytime we want to. And so at any time we want to, we can win the race. If you, you, you make a race parallel to like a running race, and you put on a burst of energy, like you've seen that on TV and stuff, you put on a burst of energy, and the next thing you know, one runner is sailing past the other runners, even though the other runners are incredibly fast. So you're using all these extra abilities that God has given you, and you can use them at a moment's notice because they're God-given gifts. So we're here in this world, in this time zone, with specific gifting. Now, when you look all when you look at all of this from an aerial point of view, what you see are the following types of things. You you might see as you're meditating. When I say med- meditating, I'm simply saying when you're thinking over and reviewing the assets God has given you, the abilities God has given you, the, the callings that God has given you. When you review all of that stuff, it kind of flashes to your mind like a stack of uh, index cards, and you're spinning the stack of index cards with your thumb. And as they're flopping by really fast, you see very quickly the different pictorial images. You know, it could be the king, the queen, the joker, and then various numbers corresponding to the card deck. So this is kind of a symbolic of reviewing the totality of your life and why you're here, etc. So we begin with the supernatural premise, and yet at the same time, it's a supernatural reality. The supernatural premise is, without question, we are all here for a specific reason. It may take us time to uncover the reason, but we're all here for a specific reason, and we have all been called by God to be agents of God's salvation, His deliverance, ministering to people, evangelizing. We are called to to fulfill a multiplicity of of missions in this life, and to make sure that we indeed meet that call, uh, we're given supernatural ability and supernatural add-ons in order to accomplish all those goals. So we're supernaturally enhanced. That means the infinite personal living God of the universe knew that we were going to be born in this time zone, in this physical reality. He knew we were going to be born on such and such a date to such and such a mother and father, and that that we would have been given uh, an an enormous amount of downloads, talents, ability, giftings, spiritual giftings, natural giftings. And we were given all that out of the wisdom of God, because when God surveyed the landscape, of, of what our life and what our future and what our calling is. When God surveyed that landscape, he then called us and confirmed to us that he, in, in addition, also gave us the, the concurrent ability, the concurrent gifting, to successfully complete all the mission assignments that God has for us. Because he has a lot of stuff for us to do. 
So we, we review all of this in light of our giftings, in light of, of doors in the past, present, and future that God has supernaturally opened for us. And then we kind of uh, conduct a, a mental projection. I don't, I don't mean anything fancy by that word. I simply mean what I'm simply saying. We, we exercise a mental projection where we, where we look at ourselves, our ministry gifts, our callings, our abilities, and everything that we've been given by God that we need to do so that we can victoriously do it. And then we project upon that a kind of idealization, a kind of blueprint, a kind of mapping out of our destiny. We project that out on the table, out into future weeks, days, years, and months. We project that out. And then as we project that out, we use our imaginations to visually assemble, visually sculpt in a more coherent, clear manner. We visually sculpt and visually carve out these idealized projections of ourselves, living out the future that we believe God is calling us to live out. So if we believe that God is calling us to penetrate and reach people deeply interconnected in the entertainment industry, the film industry, episodic TV industry, uh, music industry, or what we could call or classify Hollywood-type movies and television, we project out the idealized image of our, not only our participation in in those entertainment industry, industry fields, but we project out uh, their actualization, their fulfillment. We see ourselves. This is very, at this juncture, it is vitally important. We see ourselves repeatedly doing the very things that we believed that God called us to do in specific detail, and that if we did all the things that God called us to do, uh, and if we exercised all the abilities that God called us to do, that if we project that out with an idealized imagery, a kind of visual mapping of where we are and where we're going to go, if we complete that through the usage of our imagination, then we lay down a roadmap of all the things that are possible, of all the things that are potentially possible, and then with a kind of compounding nature, we add up all the things on top of one another that increase the velocity or the or the harnessing of the speed and the energy that produces the quality of power and produces the the uh, energy force necessary to to break the sound barrier, if you will, to to transcend existing limitations of time, weight, speed, etc., etc. All of these things go together. Okay, you're listening to the Paul McGuire Report on Paul McGuire. Be sure to visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. Help us, and you can help us by asking God to say, Lord, what would you have me give or donate to Paul McGuire Ministries? And then whatever God tells you to do, simply obey the Lord and do what God tells you to do. Then you can pray for me, our family, people associated with the ministry, 
as a regular spiritual prayer warrior, and remembering always that the primary focus of our battle, it's a spiritual battle. And then uh, to pray for me, ministry, open doors, uh, that the message would be heard and communicated, that God's blessing would open doors, and that God would move through this ministry. It's vital that the move of God occurs, because without God, uh, what we're endeavoring to do would not be possible to do. It, it happens because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So I'm asking you to pray for us in the ministry. And then finally, I'm asking you to pray for the ministry, myself, people involved in the ministry, and pray that the powers of darkness are bound, and pray that favor uh, comes upon us and doors are opened and uh, uh, resources are secured, and just join us in prayer. And together we rejoice with you that your prayers also will be answered. Okay, this is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us.